Hey, what's going on, guys? It is Hunter over at the podcast. I just wanted to give you guys a little update for this week's episode. So, due to power outages on Long Island, um, we weren't able to cover reviews this week for the new books because me and James were unable to work at the store and, you know, read whatever came out this week. So, this week is just going to be a very topic-heavy episode. We have not really a lot of news to talk about either, so we just kind of skip over it and just go directly into our topic with Nerdgent Care. They're a pop culture, nerdy comic book podcast uh, right here on Long Island. They're super great guys. We talk about comic book movies, so hopefully you guys really enjoy that. And uh, I'll see you guys at the end of the episode to give a little outro since we were unable to do that again because of the power outages and stuff. But we're finally back, so buckle up. It's a good one. Hello and welcome to another episode of Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm one of your host, James Santana. As always, I'm joined by my illustrious sidekick, Hunter Van Lair. Say hi, Hunter. Yo, what's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this week is a little bit special, a little bit different. We are teaming up with the guys at Nurgent Care. Guys, you want to introduce yourselves? Whoever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is Parrot Name Mike. Thanks for having us. Of this is Doc Soap. Very excited to be here. Looking forward to this. Awesome, guys. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, for those who don't uh, normally listen to us, well, not listen to us, those that uh, don't uh, listen to you guys, uh, can you give us a quick rundown what your show's about? Sure. We sure. are a pop culture podcast, very much like this one. We, uh, we talk about uh, video games, movies, comics. Um, anything pop culture, we'll talk about, like, so, you know, if something goes on in the streaming world, which we don't necessarily care about that much. But we don't limit ourselves. Uh, we started off. Uh, we started off as work buddies, where I would have, uh, you know, very real emotional uh, uh, episodes at the office, and um, Doc Soap over here would calm me down. And we decided maybe we would just try to open up a facility for nerds to go, so they could have therapy. Because you know, I'm not, I can't exactly go to my wife. But every single time I'm upset that, you know, something happens in a in an anime or, or a comic that I don't like because, you know, we're trying to raise a family and it, it's not going to work. So Doc Soap became my therapist. Our counseling sessions got brought to life. We were doing it and we would accidentally create these audiences in our office. And after a couple of years of it, we figured, hey, why don't we take the next step and start recording it? And then from there, you keep in the organic conversation. And me, it is me counseling parrot over here but i get the, i get the treatment right back then it turns into sometimes heated debates and arguments so we're all over the place but in a good way but we really cover a little bit of everything pop culture and we try and just take that next step evaluation we're good uh, i'm a good pretend psychiatrist <laughs> yeah no the uh, yeah the uh the oh god i can't even think of the word the meaning behind your podcast really speaks to me because like i have like my own little nerd episodes with my girlfriend, and she just goes, "Okay, honey, that's nice." Because like I'll yell about Nightwing because he's Rick Grayson, and then he's Dick Grayson, and then he's Rick Grayson, and I'll, I'll yell about Spider Man, and I'll yell about Howard the Duck, and I'm all over the place. And she's just like, "Okay, yeah," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, you're not helpful." So then I yell at James at work. <laughs> yeah. Well, not you know, everyone gets it. We like to be the safe haven. And sometimes, and sometimes your significant other, whether it be your wife or, or a girlfriend or you know whoever, wherever, however, um, you know computer, your AI program, you know whoever your significant other is, a lot of the time 
your personal hobby, which every so for me, every minute I can, I stick my head in a Nintendo Switch or a comic book, or I'll start reorganizing my books. And, you know, my wife doesn't necessarily want to hear me talk about it when she's turning around that I'm stealing some five minutes of time when I'm supposed to be helping the kids eat dinner. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear me. She doesn't want to hear me talk about it. Also, it's like, oh, uh, you know, oh, honey, what were you just doing with your comic book shelf? Like, sit down, give Ethan his meatballs. You know, it's it, you know, <laughs> so I need I needed a place to go, and that yeah. nurture nurture care was the place for me. That's awesome, guys. <laughs> I'm, and I'm glad you guys got to share a little bit of your origin story here, and I'm I'm glad. So uh, we will pimp you guys out at the end of the episode, of course. Uh, but. This is why we brought you guys on. We are here to talk about movies, and we have a little mascot, I guess. <laughs> little interference, outside interference on that. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to talk about movies. You guys said you guys are pop culture, and we are mainly comics, so what we're going to discuss today is unknown and forgotten comic book movies or comic book genre movies or in the realm of that. Read the title card, guys. It's in the thumbnail. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to talk about some movies, and... Uh, Whoever wants to go first can shoot out a movie we can talk about. Go ahead, man. All right. <clears throat> I think I'll, I'll start here by talking about when I th I have two movies that I think are the most underrated comic book movies. And that if we started maybe paying attention a little bit more to them and making a few more like them, that we would transcend even further than we have for what the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe did for, for mainstream and comic book movies, we can even transcend further than that. And that is, number one, Judge Dredd. Okay. Not the Stallone one. Well, <laughs> really? No, I, I, I'm not insulting the Stallone one. I like that one, too. I just don't think it's underrated. I understand why it's, it's rated kind of where it is. People who love it, love it. People who don't, don't. I can't fight for it, even though I personally love it. But I, I'm talking about the the more uh, recent one with the Carl um, Urban Dread Carl Urban yeah yeah yeah, yeah Dread and um, you know just from beginning to end the it's a self contained movie it feels like a comic book but it you know unfortunately especially like if you watch it now utopian future of of the Judge Dread universe feels a little closer to home than maybe we yeah. want it to. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I definitely think so. You know, I think the villain makes sense. You know, okay, it's, it's easy to do a drug lord villain, you know, like easy, like, like uh, it's like like uh, cheating with the writing, right? Like, oh, drug lord, okay, easy villain. But, you know, mama, like, you know, she gets on the last, this is mama, I want the judge dead. You know, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just interesting. It's so different. And I wanted to know what you guys thought of that. I actually, uh, I'll jump in. I actually haven't seen the new Dread movie, but I've been itching to see it because I love Carl Urban uh, from the new Star Trek stuff and from The Boys, and I love Judge Dread based off the comics. But I've just never pulled the trigger and watched either of the Dread movies because I heard the Stallone one was bad, and I heard the new Dread one was just okay. But seeing as you're putting it as your number one underrated, now I'm gonna have to check it out because now I got to see <laughs> if you're lying to me. <laughs> I knew you'd throw a curveball, and I'm pleasantly surprised with that answer too. <laughs> the, the, the Judge Dredd, the reboot. Yeah, it's it's fun. I don't I don't think that I think one of the great benefits of movies before guys like us got a chance to start making them. You know, not not that we're filmmakers, but you know, it's the same mindset. You know, when you go and see an Avengers movie, that was. That person who made that was us. You know, it's a com A lot of it is comic book fandom. Kevin Feige is a comic book fan. There's yeah. no denying it. And it's, then that's all wonderful. And I, I, you know, I don't get like the like you know just 
So, um, but one of the things that made movies great outside of, of that was when you could sit down and watch a movie and then from beginning to end, it had a message, it had character development, uh, and you didn't necessarily walk away going, oh, I need to see the sequel to know what happens. You know, it was a self-contained story. And in a comic world, we call it a one-shot. And I love one-shot issues. <laughs> there you go. It's true. It is true that that, that whole self-contained um, story presence is kind of lost sometimes, uh, especially with these bigger budget movies. Um because you always want more, whether it's a cut scene at the end, whether it's a, like a little sizzle reel. I'll spoil a little bit of uh, Old Guard we covered uh, last week or two weeks ago on our show, uh, on the show, um, with the sizzle reel at the end, like without a guaranteed sequel. Without there's nothing, there's nothing in production, not not greenlit, nothing. It's just you still always want more, and I think that's kind of what we've lost along the way. Like we don't need more. It should be, this is what you got. And should enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, one more point I'll make about Judge Dredd, and that is the movie did something that I don't believe a movie like Joker could ever do. And I, I respectfully don't believe the MCU is doing to a larger degree compared to what I believe Dredd did. For the people who love Dredd, they all, I mean, everyone I spoke to, and, you know, a lot of listeners and stuff, a lot of people saw Dredd. And the way that they got more was to walk into a comic book store, like your comic book store, and buy Judge Dredd comic books. And if, by God, growing up watching, Keanu, uh, uh, not Keanu Reeves, God forgive me, uh, Christopher Reeves' Superman, who I love and adore, and I have the hot toy behind there. I didn't care how much it cost me. Um, you know, it was like the number one thing I wanted to get in my life. Ha- having that Superman made me want to learn how to read as a child so I could read more about Superman. Dread, which is a somewhat R-rated movie, but it, it took teenagers and adults and it put them in comic book stores saying this was you know for the ones who liked it obviously this was really cool this is how i want more and i believe that it was a better gateway drug to comic books than some of even the marvel movies and i believe also in the same vein not to get off top but i think that the new uh, joker movie is the antithesis of a gateway drug for reading comic books but dread did that for me you know dread made me go out and and read Dread comics when maybe I probably wouldn't have. Even yeah. though I'm a comic book fan, I mean, I have a thousand books. Yeah. Me, but... <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, I have to agree with you. So, and we've talked about this at the shop. Um, we're like a block, we're less than a, we're around the corner from a uh, movie theater. We're two buildings away, James. <laughs> yeah, we are, sorry. <laughs> two buildings away from the movie theater. Corner, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so we're right by a movie theater and the one big thing that we see constantly is like especially with a Marvel movie coming out that people flock to the comic shop the biggest problem though is that a lot of the characters that are on screen don't reflect how they are in the book like you're not going to go here is an Avengers book and it's going to be in it's Black Widow Hawkeye Hulk or no, everyone else it's going to be whoever like Jason Aaron's run right now with uh, Black Panther Ghost Rider Doc um Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, she, yeah, She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, Iron Man, Thor, Cat. You know, you're not going to have that, you know, someone going, oh, yeah, you're not going to have that. And, and it's the hardest thing to then you have to sit and explain to this kid that comes in and goes, well, I don't get this. Well, there's 80 years of Marvel history, which I start with you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and with Dredd, you know, in the movie, he says, are you ready, rookie? And he's wearing his helmet. In the comic, he says, are you ready, rookie? And he's wearing his helmet. I mean, it doesn't matter what the actor looks like, you know. Right. It, it's it's dread is on screen, you know, and you know, to to a to a large degree for my kids, um, Hulk, you know, 
Hulk worked similar. Like Hulk works a little better as as a driver to comic book stores because it's easier to get like some kind of single Hulk issues. But yeah, I, I I'm you know I'm glad that I'm not the only one who thinks that. So Dread, and then uh, I'll just say the second one quick. But you know I, I don't have to belabor the point. It, it's kind of the same points. V for Vendetta. Okay. Mm, another one I haven't seen. <laughs> I wrote down. I actually was brainstorming and I put down definitely one of one of parrots i put down the original <laughs> judge dread and i put v for vendetta so <laughs> hey. well, you know i don't i don't think i have to talk about v for vendetta much uh the people who know it know it the people who don't go and know it and you don't oh, need yeah. to read the comic for it. So it's interesting don't. yeah well if you can read if you can get through i mean i have absolute v for vendetta the uh the absolute edition and yeah. You know, some books don't need an absolute treatment. Right. <laughs> you know, that's it's one true. of them. You spend a hundred dollars for no reason, right? You know, so you know, I'll, I'll, I'll continue the V for Vendetta stuff um, because that was my the movie was my introduction to that character. Um, so I watched that, and so my, so a little backstory: my stepdad is from Britain. He's from Manchester. Uh, so one of the things he brought back uh, when they went over there for one of their like trips is the V mask. They brought back the the guy Frost Max. And I hung up in my bedroom for like the longest time. And my dad didn't understand why I liked it so much. I'm like, watch this movie with me, old man. And uh, he's like, this is a holiday over there. I'm like, ignore this. No, it's not. It's not what you think. It's not like a weird alt. Like, yes, it's a weird alt history based on like very big fascist terms. And there are a lot of very funny enough. A lot of stuff that's happening now in the United States is is what was portrayed in this movie. Anarchy. Um, it's crazy, actually. <laughs> it's almost too like a T. Uh, very close. Uh, spooky. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, if you told me that was a comic book when I first watched that, I'm like, that's no way. No way that someone made this. This was not. I, I would have found it boring. I'm like, this, this. it's a great movie, but the book I would, I like, and I've read the book before. Um, and the book's really good. The book does a lot. It expands a lot on the universe and the lore and what V is. At one point, they even think it's email, um, which they don't cover in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think and it, that and it can be, and it can be. Yeah. That's the point, right? Why right. not? I, exactly. And I think the movie sends a bigger message than the book does. So that's. So I think it's one of those underrated comic book films that, if you never read the book, you're not going to miss out. It only enhances the experience uh, if you get the chance to read the book and watch the movie. That is perfectly said, and. And the people who see that movie and walk into a comic book store and go, I want more like that, you don't have to drive them to the book at all. You can just drive them to anything Alan Moore. You can drive them to Alan, the spe you know, the greatest stories ever told by Alan Moore, the Superman stories or something like that. It's that similar kind of writing, slightly more easily digestible, I think, than an old British book. Yeah. And again, yeah. I have the absolute and everything. I'm not saying anything bad about the book, but, you know, <laughs> you it's, a hard, it's, a, yeah, it's, a hard, it's a hard book to get through. It's just a... It's like reading Shakespeare, you know, to an extent, for me, it's almost like reading Shakespeare. I understand the story is fantastic and timeless and wonderful, but sometimes the movie adaption is great. And for the movie adaption to be as good, if not better, than the book, and people still don't talk about this movie, like, that's how you do a comic book movie, beat the book. Yeah. Don't, don't, like, if you're going to do a comic book, be better than the comic book, and V did exactly. that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think, I think it, it, it does say a lot, uh, especially the last two films you, you brought up, with the two films you have brought up. Um, that both adaptations um, work very well as a standalone, but they also work as a female to bring you into a shop to ex to experience where a comic book is, and then go, yeah, you know what? 
this adds to the movie. This uh, this added to the enjoyment I had with this film. So now I, I gained a new hobby by watching this film. And now with the V for Vendetta mask in your room, you just look like a member of Anonymous. Yeah, no, right? Like, <laughs> now I'm like, I'm a, I'm a freaking terrorist. It's fantastic. To be brown and a terrorist in, 2000, in 2020 is fantastic. <laughs> So if you want, I'll jump in. I I was trying to think, with all these movies out there and everything, kind of started breaking down, just jotted down. I'm more of the meticulous, write things down, brainstorm of the group. Uh, nope. It's more of the free baller. Oh, no, and, <laughs> and I was writing things down and, and, and trying to break it down. So for me, when I think of these underrated comic books, a little bit off the mainstream, I kind of dipped in, got some of them from the mainstream going in my head. And it really comes down to two time periods for me. It's it's the mid '90s, early to mid '90s, and the mid thousands, and everything else. That's what I was thinking. And the first, my first choice is really underrated for a different reason. If you asked this question 20, 25 years ago, this would not be an option. We wouldn't be doing a podcast. But <laughs> if we had a hypothetical podcast back then, it, this would be cheating. But for me, it's the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> reason is because the age. I think it holds up for the most part. Uh, the original, of course, not Secret of the Ooze, number two. As a little kid, that was my favorite. That movie does not hold up. I was actually mm-hmm. just joking around with Parrot. And we don't talk about three. Like, if you watch in the first two minutes, I think he pretends to be, Donatello pretends to be a clown and then tricks the guy and beats him up with the clown and everything. Like, it's, it's a little too campy. <laughs> the original, I remember watching it. And, and it's funny, because now we're going back, and, and it's like, how, how did you first get exposed to these, uh, the intellectual properties? For me, it was the cartoon, then the video games, then the movie, and then everything else. And that's Same. what started it for me. It was started as a 32-year-old. That's how I got into comic books. That's how I – I didn't know Ninja Turtles were comic books. I, I knew they were serial before that. <laughs> that's I didn't where... know – Brian, uh, Doc Soap, I didn't know uh... – I'm going to be calling Doc Soap Brian all the time for anyone listening. Good. Just get – yeah. Just <laughs> I didn't know they were a comic book until – probably until I was a fan of Ninja Turtles for six or seven years. Yeah, I could say that too, but I was also a kid when I uh, first discovered the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because um, for, for people who watch, uh, listen to our show, my dad, I always talk about him, he got me into comic books, he, you know, all the Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man, G.I. Joe, uh, a little bit of Dread books, like, he would always have, like, the toys and the graphic novels and the TV shows, like, surrounding me, but I never knew, like, <laughs> that they were fully comic books, because I thought graphic novels were, like, their own genre of stuff instead of just being a collected version of a comic when I was young. So, you know, with this Turtles movie that came out, my dad was like, uh, I think I saw this in like 2000, I don't know, like mid-2006. And he was like, hey, did you know the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had an old movie? Because the trailer for um the 2007-2008 movie came out. And I was like, no. I was like, it wasn't animated? He's like, no, it's people in costumes. And I was like, there's no fucking way. There's <laughs> people running around in giant turtle costumes. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. H- Hunter, how old are you? I am 23 this August. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> I'm a baby. You are a baby. Oh, that's great. I make fun of all our show all the time about it because he's, so, he's the child. It's great. <laughs> so it's funny, though, because watching that movie, it's, it's funny to hear someone who's a little bit younger his take on it because mm-hmm. for me that was the era when the special effects before jurassic park were claymation they were basically <laughs> in stop motion, stop motion before the cgi 
and those masks—they're the robotic masks, the Henson, the Henson masks, and uh, the yeah. whole outfit—they hold up. I don't know why. Maybe it's just oh no, weird. they do, they do. <laughs> it's, it's weird no, how they hold so up. And, like and every think, once in a while, you, know, you can see their eyes inside the mouth, like the actors. There's like oh, that infamous creepy. meme where Donnie's yelling, and you can see the eyes staring at you. But like That's the famous meme. Yeah, but everything else, like <laughs> everything else, works. <laughs> And I the first time I saw that movie, I didn't like it because I went from Secret of the Ooze where they're feeding, you know, Toka and Razar uh, anti-ooze donuts and stuff. And now <laughs> Raphael has a major concussion and he's knocked out for a couple of days. So <laughs> while the fashion and some of the music doesn't really hold up a- as a movie, and there is actually a little bit of stop motion in that too because it's at 1990, yeah. I believe, mm-hmm. when they're all – the, the, the prequel, the explaining how to become the Ninja Turtles and Splinter. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, that's what got it started for me. And I, I think that's underrated in my book nowadays because of how old it is. But a lot of movies from that period don't hold up as well. And, and yeah. Um, there are and, a couple, so, but, yeah, it's very far and few between that era. Because yeah. they were oh. adapting the weirdest comics. I'll jump into one of mine. And, James, you know it's coming. You know it's here. Oh. Jesus, I know it is. <laughs> it's Howard the Duck. I know it. Go ahead. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen duck titties? Let me tell you a story. <laughs> so, my dad, um, after I saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, my dad was like, you know, Marvel used to do movies like this where it was people in costumes, and I was like, no. Because the... Like, it was like the dawn of the Marvel stuff when they were coming out, and all we got was like animated stuff. So I was like, "What? What? Like uh, besides Punisher and um, uh, Blade?" Uh, I was like, "What kind of movies do they like? Did Marvel do?" And he's like, "Do you know who Howard the Duck is?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> like I've never heard of the Duck character." And he shows me this film, and my mom was uh, working that night, and he's like, "Son, just so you know, you're gonna see titties today." And I was like what? And he's like, yep, but they're not what you think. And I'm like, don't phrase it like that. <laughs> so yeah, I saw duck titties really young. <laughs> it's funny because that's the only part of that movie I remember. Yeah, oh, exactly he plays right. the guitar and he fights like a giant robot, like weather machine thing. Like it, it's insane, can, this movie. <laughs> I think I can um, get a little revenge here. I've never seen Howard the Duck. So. That's fair. Don't watch it. <laughs> just, just Google Howard the Duck titties. Well, I, you're caught up. I, I, uh, soap. I agree. I agree with you that. Uh, I agree with you that. Um, Ninja, the original Ninja Turtles movie is underrated, and part of that is because there's, there's been so much front loading on the more modern stuff. In fact, I think the original black and white Ninja Turtles, uh, comic is probably more popular than that movie, which saved. Turtles, you know, well, that movie and the, and the cartoon, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to bounce off those last two movies, because uh, I've seen both of them. And just so everyone knows, I am 31 years old, so I'm not, like, that young. I'm not a child. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, I grew up with, like, my experience with the Turtles was a cartoon. Like, I abused that cartoon. So, <laughs> it, it, like, I loved it so much. Um, so, I didn't see the car. I saw the movie. I had to be like seven or six when I saw the movie because the movie came out before I was born or rather like when I was really young. And then I saw like way later. I'm like, that's not the turtles. What are you talking about? It's not like that's not the cartoon. Um, 
it was dark. It was super, like, so depressing. <laughs> they find some adult situations than Ninja Turtles. It was weird. Yeah. I was in the same exact boat as you were. What about yeah. watching them lose? Exactly. That's I, I, we, we never saw our hero. I mean, we saw Batman. I saw Batman get his back broken. I saw Superman die in comic books. But I never seen my heroes, lo- like, lose. Lo- like, like, even Superman, like, in Superman 2 and stuff like that, he... He gets his powers back. Like the turtles were losing. Like they were really bad, badly. Like they were getting hurt. Like, like I was worried about that. <laughs> One of them gets thrown into the dumpster. Yeah, oh, no, that's the shredder. <laughs> right. Well, and and he comes out even stronger because I guess they melted tinfoil to him in the garbage truck. But <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Like so, looking at that movie and going, and, it's, and then and then not knowing four years later where like that was closer to the actual original darker adaptation of of, of the book. Uh, which is a da- which at the end of the day, which is a, a Daredevil parody. Um, I didn't know all that until I was way older. So I was like, and I, I get like it is a very very underrated comic movie because either people don't realize that turtles are a comic book, <laughs> uh, or that they're so uh, maligned with the idea of the turtles being that dark because of you're right that 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 influx of cartoony turtles that we've gotten in the last every year you know as long as they can produce an ip you know hold that ip nickelodeon will will milk a turtle until it's dry um <laughs> did, you mil- did your did your father show you how to milk a turtle Hunter? is that what it, yeah, i guess you <laughs> showed me how to milk a duck splinter. can you milk me <laughs> so brian what's this other movie i gotta hear it all right, so this one's going to be a little controversial, not because of the movie, but the call it underrated. I'm going to call it underrated for very personal reasons. Okay. So give me a second, because I know Parrot Mike's going to want to jump down my throat. I will say it had, it had plenty of critical success. It had commercial success. But for okay. me, with the Watchmen show, when it was first announced, and with, so just tying back, just going back a step. <laughs> For me, with, with you know, he's getting me all stressed out just looking at his face right now. So, for for me to have the mid the mid '90s and the decade of the thousands, decade of the thousands, that was that big graphic novel, but like boom, that was what everyone jumped on. Not just the movies, but the whole collection of it. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you could have got them before then, but I know you could have. But that's when my collection started. That's when the Ultimates, um, you know, and then of course 300, everything like that. But for me, for The Watchmen, to call it underrated, this is for a very personal reason. It's because with the announcement of the show, very excited of the show, was very satisfied and happy with the show. I followed the comic series, the uh, Doomsday Clock, and then I remember, I remember, I never actually owned the graphic novel, but I had multiple friends, and I read it a few times around about the time the movie was coming out. Uh, of course, I think the graphic novel was released in the '80s, the late '80s. Anyway, so with the series coming out, and then. The success actually just got nominated for 26 Emmys or something silly like that. (laughs) Yeah. I was telling so many people, like, you have to, if you want to watch the show, you have to get on the movie. It's, when it came out, 2009? Yeah, So it was was 10 years old at the time when I tried to spread it. Uh, My wife, relatives, and no one was into it. Not one person was into the Watchmen movie. It's a good movie. I watched it myself, and I was like, it didn't fall off that bad it's only it wasn't that long ago i swear i won zero and five with that movie for trying to get people to enjoy the watchmen you gotta watch the and director's it, cut 
that's that's what we were watching. That the was, original was, Snyder I, cut. I made them spend five bucks each on it on Amazon to get the director's cut. And, and I remember it brings me back to when it came out. Now that movie came off the success of Sin City. Yes. And mm-hmm. people love Sin City. I was all right with it. Sin City was a little bit too on the nose. As someone who was reading the graphic novels and had a, a budding comic collection at the time, it was a little bit too on the nose. It's mm-hmm. we're a comic book, but in a movie. And it's yeah. for that, it turned me off a little bit. But for that success, to piggyback off that and to give a dark, gritty watcher movie, really, and this is really going to make Parrot name Mike cringe, uh, I look back and now that I'm reminiscing on it, really, they took that chance on Watchmen with that grounded, gritty superhero movie was off the yeah. success of Batman Begins because that's when Dark Knight was probably being made when they decided they greenlit Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Time and, and, 300, and 300. Well, of course, all of them. But, yeah, they had that graphic novel R-rated movie which mm-hmm. I, I Watchmen, you know, it's it's I it holds up. I still like it. Who directed and Watchmen? Everyone again? I showed. Alan Moore. No, Alan Moore's the writer. That's the writer. Uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Snyder. It's the original that's Snyder right. cut. Is the director's cut. That, that's right. Three hundred and Watchmen are proof that this uh, HBO Max Justice League is going to be the savior for my life. <laughs> Let's hope. Because Jason. Snyder can make good movies. He can. You just. You just have to let him give him time to burn a little bit. I mean, yeah, judging him so harshly on a little bit of a rush job because the studio wanted Batman and Superman in the same movie is not fair. Uh-huh. That's true. You're getting the urgent care injection right now because we haven't had a chance to really dive through this. So we're going to be at each other's throats over some things. We'll, we'll, we'll save it for, for our own sessions so we don't. But that this is usually where it starts. And we see eye to eye on a lot of things, but not everything. Mm. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna interject. Oh wait, James, James, the... James, hold on. Before we get to that, Watchmen. There's one scene that has always stood out to me in the director's cut, and it is for the raunchiest reasons. So Owlman, and oh, Night Owl. What's his name? Night Owl. Night Owl. He's having sex with Silk Spectre in his owl ship in 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 the sky, mm-hmm. and yeah. right as they finish, the flamethrower goes off. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't love that, that. you're not watching a comic book movie. (laughs) I don't know if it was a top five moment of the movie, but it was up there. (laughs) (laughs) But what about Rorschach in prison? That's the best scene. It's it's one of the best scenes. Rorschach is one of the best characters in the comic book period. I bet you that scene had more to do with them making a show than the comic did. (laughs) Now this is going to age me. But we can go full Chris Farley on this movie and just go scene through scene and say, remember that? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we could. Uh, but I would interject with, about the Watchmen. Um, so, it's what. By the way, for this background stuff, my my wife loves Watchmen movies. She loves movies. She loves books. She loves anything Watchmen related. The TV That's show. A weird one. Your wife. Your wife TikTok. likes the weirdest stuff, dude. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're telling me, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so my big issue though with the movie is that. It's lazy. What do you it mean? is lazy. It's like Zach and I was it's funny enough, I was literally talking to a customer tonight about the Watchmen uh the book. Because he's never he didn't know anything about the book and the characters and everything. He only knew the movie. And I was like, honestly, watch the movie, it's the it's the book except for the, the, the it's a it's a worse ending. It's the book they, except they, they for the squid. Giant squid. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um but I, I laugh because I think it's when it's too close to the book, I find it as lazy. Not saying it's bad, 
I find it is like you took a comic book movie and you're like this scene on screen, this scene on screen, this scene is on screen, um, which I I I know a lot of people want and love and they love seeing their favorite scenes. Like I love the, the fact that you saw the whole monologue with Rorschach. Uh, in the opening of the movie, I love the the whole fight scene. It's a direct verbatim shot for shot take from the book onto screen. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, there's a lot of that. There's not a lot of 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 uh, I would say Scott Snyder's uh, of Zack Snyder's um, own like storytelling in there. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I, he does. I, if you look at 300, 300's like a shot for shot remake as well. Same like oh, watching yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's when yeah, he does, it's like with Superman want? and Batman where he can't like do shot for shot because it's not specifically based on one thing where he gets to like spread his creative wings like with Man of Steel, I, Dawn of Justice, and uh, Justice League. So I wanna but, but how many times do people say the book was better? When and and, and how many times like how many times was the argument for I do it too, Scott Zack Snyder? How many times was the argument for Batman versus Superman? Um, why didn't they just they had the source material? It's already storyboarded out. Just make the film, and everyone's going to love it. Then when they do that, people say it was too close. Right, and I I, I fall that in that camp for Watchmen, and it's mm-hmm. really only for Watchmen of every comic adaptation, except for some we've talked about on our show. One or two I've said it was too close to the adaptation, and I. And I Either didn't like it or really loved it. Old Guard was really, I, really close, and I think you love that one, yeah. Yeah, I like that, though. I like the one it was with Old Guard, because the, they changed one major thing in the movie. Um, but, like, the change they made in Watchmen, except, instead of having a giant squid monster, they were just like, oh, Dr. Manhattan's the bad guy, you know. And his dick is swinging around. Well, you had to. <laughs> you had to. You didn't I have mean, to show his blue dick flopping everywhere. They have to be honest oh, source material. And if we ever do an episode on which comic panel we will get tattooed, we would get tattooed on ourselves. Mine would have to be uh, would have to be that panel of the uh, uncircumcised Batcock. <laughs> no, that's my answer. My, uh, yeah, but I, I'll just get the tattoo now, so you can't steal it from me. Right on your. <laughs> or we could both get on your forearm. We could, we could we could just rub arms. <laughs> All right, I'll get the upper half. You get the bottom half, and then we'll have oh, that dick. You guys get middle out. <laughs> That's the whole thing. And yes, <laughs> and yes, you had to. You had to show blue giant cock. You had to. I mean, they had to make it truthful, truthful it adaptation. To. To the, True to, to life, age. as they say. <laughs> That's the thing. So I, that's the thing with Watchmen. And yes, it is very underrated in the sense of a lot of people don't realize it, it's a comic book. Because it ends up happening, it's like a comic friend will show someone, and then they'll show someone else, and it's so on until they don't realize it's a comic book. I didn't know it was a comic book until after I watched it. My point exactly. And well, I was I was it. too young, and then when I read Watchmen, I was like, man, I just want to watch the movie again, because the book is really long and kind of boring, <laughs> to, a, to a point. But it's, like, it's long, yeah. I read it when they announced that the movie was going to come out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the I was hand in hand with yeah it's it's really sticks to the source material that ties up to onto a conversation we were having earlier with the movie theater down from the comic book store and you were saying yeah. about uh, people coming in saying yes. hey that's not what happens but you know how how strict do you want to stay to the source material I, I think that's such a credit to the MCU's success because a lot of it you can find in the comic books but not quite ever the same you know that Endgame story doesn't play out the same. It keeps it new and exciting and a little bit fresh. Mm-hmm. It's, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. 
you got your source material, but you don't want to stay too too close to it and, and not to stray away from movies. Coincidentally, I'm wearing a, a Loot Crate Negan uh, Walking Dead TV show. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is a good reason of when you go too far from the source material. I don't want to spoil any of <laughs> too it. Too far from the source material. You just piss everyone <laughs> off and lose your entire fan base. Yeah, I dropped so off. It's a that. fine line you got to balance. You do, and I, I agree with you 100. I think that that's the, the that's the the Watchmen debacle. Mm. It's because it's like comic book people loved it, moviegoers loved it. But the problem is, to the people that that had negative stuff to say about it, what was it? What as a comic fan, what was your criticism? You couldn't criticize the if you loved the book and criticized the movie, you were criticizing the book pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and if you were a moviegoer and you criticized the book, then you were criticizing the movie. The only thing you, you know, the only thing you can get away with is talking about the squids. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's not enough for you to be angry about. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you guys brought up Sin City before, and how much that was on the dot, on the nose uh, panel. I haven't read all of Sin City. I watched the first movie, not the second. One. Don't watch the, the second one. Two. Don't watch Dream <laughs> to Kill for it. It's not good. <laughs> Did I you watched... watch the TV series? The Watchmen TV series? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that's great. So I, that that I loved. I was I was banging the drum for that show. I was saying, guys, just get this is going to be this can't suck. And then watching <laughs> no, it, I was like, no. it, 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 it didn't surpass expectations, but my expectations were so high for it that it was, I was very, very satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. And to see, with it, get all the Emmy love, it's like extra icing oh, on the cake. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. I but love all that. the squid, the squid talk and all of that. <laughs> then when you get to the end of the twist, it's, it's good. So does everyone know um, about the reason why there was no squid in the movie? Um, no, it's, uh, I would say budget, they, or because it's too weird to show the normies. That's what I would say. Exactly, Hunter. That's the actual reason. Hunter actually has it right. The studio walked in and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna do the giant squid," and they're like, "Hard pass. No one, we can't. No one, uh, giant squid wouldn't look good on screen, and no one's gonna understand this whole extra story we have to explain that Ozymandias is connecting these artists and writers to build this whole like thing." Um... So yeah, the studio is the one who cut it out. But then when you watch Watchmen, and this could be a little bit of spoilers, and you have the history of um, uh, what's his name, the mask, the mirror guy. I can't remember. His oh, name. I know who you're talking about with the silver face. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I, how am I? I, forget, I forgot the name. Just watched a couple months ago too. Yeah. So when you have his backstory, and it's the night of the uh, uh, the attack on New York, and you see this giant squid there, you're like. You tell me you couldn't put this on a screen and no one would understand that as a, a giant space alien? Yeah, and they did it on a show. Well, it's because they did it on a show. They knew the show wasn't going to get as big as audience as the movie would. And also, way back in 2009 or so, you know, people weren't as into comic book movies as they are now in 2019. Well, back then in 2019 when Watchmen came out. People were into the whole, like, comic book Marvel movie, weird CGI purple people running around snapping shit. So... A giant squid is nothing. It's child's play, basically, in, in 2020 and 2019. That's fair. Uh, so I guess I'll go back to Hunter's movie. I kind of skimmed over it before. No, we can skim over How the Duck. That was just a joke. <laughs> I know, you're Duck Titties? Well, because well, we, we're, t- we're talking about turtles and with the weird costumes, and I want to talk about Howard, because I always got to get my Howard quota in. But um, if we want to talk about <laughs> yeah. real underrated movies... That I love for absolutely no reason. We got to talk R.I.P.D. Have any of you guys seen that? 
Is that, that a comic movie? Ryan yes. Reynolds? Yeah, it's the Rest in Peace Department with Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. It was a Dark Horse comic that came out in 2003. I, re- I felt that that movie was should have just been a Hellboy spinoff. It kind of was. Like, when it was it pitched was to the, Dark Horse, uh, it, it was supposed called, to be... What is it called in Hellboy? The, isn't it the, the, the BPRD. The BPRD. The Bureau of Paranormal the something. Yeah, because it, it originally it was supposed to be a spinoff. Right, right. It was supposed to be a spinoff of um, Hellboy uh, for Dark Horse, but then they ended up not going through with it, but they liked the story so much that they let it slide. And it was only no, a four-issue miniseries. It's a comic book. Yeah. It's an actual comic book. Yeah, I told you, James. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that. I, I but the movie was what, 2014? Did you have to Google it for proof? Because he didn't believe yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> he does that a lot sometimes. We got problems. These guys got real problems. <laughs> Trust well, issues. Because well, I'll throw my millennial bullshit at him. I while we were uh, uh, live. <laughs> it's all no. that I need is the lies to keep going. No, I- I call him out. I call him out every episode. I have to prove him right. I have. Well, yeah, to. it's because I throw my millennial bullshit at him, and he's like, "No, never, not in my house." And I'm like, "Okay, calm down, hold on." <laughs> oh yeah, we've had the not often, but we've done the. Let's just take a quick break and pause real quick while I prove you right. Yeah, Thank slow you up, Googles. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, yeah, you're right. It's 2013, by the way. Yeah, so R.I.P.D., uh, Ryan Reynolds plays a cop, he dies, Jeff Bridges shows up, and they just fight monsters who are unseen to the human eye. And Kevin Bacon's the bad guy, but, like, he's terrible. It's, like, one of the only bad Kevin Bacon movies, at least, that I've seen. His new movie, I heard, is weird. The one with the house. But um, this movie was so stupid, and it came out around a time where I was, like, what? Maybe 17, 16, 17 years old, and it was just... It was stupid, it was funny, and I, I, I was just in. I was in for it, because I love Jeff Bridges. Oh, God. I liked it. I liked the movie. Thank you. So, that's, that's one other... It's me and you, that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's the two people that saw this movie. You're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen parts when it was like on TV release. I actually yeah. saw the movie... Um, was it Showtime, or something like that, or HBO, or something yeah. dumb? Um... It came on. It was one of those that I was thinking. About, I was actually at my folks. I was still living with my folks at the time, mm-hmm. and so it was me and my brothers were hanging out drinking. And it came on. I'm like, all right, let's watch this. It's a bad idea. At two a.m., full of beers. <laughs> Not the time to see the movie. And I fell asleep like towards the ending. So I've never seen the end of the movie, and I care not to. Kevin Bacon turns into a giant gray monster, and they shoot him with their we rest in peace guns. That's it. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. That, that's hard the last pass. twenty minutes of the film. So it's basically it was like Men in Black. You know, it was like yeah. it was like watching a Men in Black movie. Yeah, it, it was, was Men so in Black, but ghosts and, and monsters instead of and yeah. spinoff of Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I would rather watch Men in Black, Ghostbusters, or re Hellboy. <laughs> like, I'll do any <laughs> of those three. Yeah. The Hellboy movies are underrated, not the new one. The old ones were underrated. The old ones, so I was going to bring them up, at least as an honorable yeah. mention. And the reason for, and I want to make this one of mine, just, just to dip my toes in it for a second, though. With the Hellboy movies, it's underrated because it just never got that third movie. I oh, that third movie was going to be sick. anyone who hated the Hellboy movies. They could have kept going. For them to stop, I forgot the reason why, but why did they stop? Why didn't they come out with that third Hellboy right. and reboot it ten years later? I don't know. Ron Perlman was doing the. Uh, he was doing Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Pacific Rim. He was doing Pacific Rim or Sons of Anarchy. I like he was, Pacific Rim. He was doing near. Pacific, Pacific Rim is good. Rim. Pacific Rim is good. I, I, I will I, bring I, that to I my grave. I have Gypsy Danger collectibles. Okay. I'm, oh, I, I, I love that movie. Anything with giant monsters, giant kaiju, or fighting robots. Just, uh, 
Dude, I'll do that movie. I'll watch that movie all day. <laughs> I even like the new one, and I know it's not good. but I The still... new oh, one's I terrible, but if you like the kaiju like... versus the Jaegers, it is an awesome film. Because it's just CGI monsters beating the shit out of each other, and then it's the Pacific Rim emotion and depth that we got in the first one. But, like, the plot's dumb, <laughs> and they kill off the characters in stupid ways. But the monster fights, icing on the cake right there. <laughs> <laughs> That movie did the impossible for me. It made me dislike Charlie from Always Sunny. Because oh, wow. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's simping for that fucking jelly in the tube. <laughs> he's like, my queen! I'm like, calm down! <laughs> uh. Yeah, but uh, the Guillermo del Toro Hellboys for sure have to be mentioned. And, and for that reason, that uh, what was the second one called? The Golden Army? Like, yeah, Golden Army was sick. I believe across the board, those movies are just appreciated. They weren't yeah. underrated. They were just very – everyone liked them. Comic book fans, blockbuster moviegoers, mm. everyone just kind of liked oh, it. Did you just drop and blockbuster? It, <laughs> and, yeah, it, it didn't have the fallout of, like, Spider-Man 3 where, yeah, we got it why there's not a Spider-Man 4, and they rebooted that. Spider-Man yeah. 3 tanked it. I don't think the Golden Army really tanked it. You know, I mean, it wasn't Hellboy 1. But the problem was the, was uh, really the money. They didn't make enough money. Oh, it didn't make money? No, like, it, it, it had decent, like, middle 60-70% on Rotten Tomato ratings, both of the movies, but the second one grossed so much money that they were like, we gotta do a second one immediately. So the second one, it didn't come out immediately, it came out like three or four years later, but the Golden Army came out, and the it was like just when they were getting into this new form of CGI that was like, for the time it came out in, not as good as you should have had it, and then... The story was a little jumbled because I think it was original content rather than basing it off some of the story arcs yes, in the books. It, and then also the money, they, they didn't make enough money back, but they also didn't market it that well. It was kind of like a solo situation where it's decent, but they didn't market it enough to, for where they could actually have made their money back. They made their money back. It wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't like commercial success Crazy like budget. the first one was. The first one made so yeah, much budget, money. The budget was $85 million. They made back $168 million. Yeah, but you have... Um, it, when it's an eighty million dollar budget, you have to double it for marketing, and they didn't even double the yeah. marketing. So it's probably the movie probably cost about one hundred and twenty five million dollars for marketing because they didn't market as much as they should. So only making back one hundred and sixty million is not that good. No, especially for Guillermo. Guillermo was like knocking it out of the park every single film he was releasing. It's true. It's very true. So there's our answer. Yeah, money. Yeah, it makes the world and, and then we got out. that new Hellboy movie, which we don't talk about. We don't like to talk about that one. Sorry, yeah, David Harbour. He, he tried his best, and I think he yeah. did good, but everyone else did not do good. I think I watched the reboot during uh, Flight on My Honeymoon. That is, <laughs> it's funny because you find those movies that you you know you're not going to like, but you feel like you have to watch them. Yes, That's, I think I watched the Pacific Rim, the second Pacific Rim. No, I'm sorry. I watched Godzilla, the second Godzilla movie, and, uh, and the um, – got distracted – and the uh, <laughs> Hellboy reboot. Because mm. uh, it, it's okay if you fall asleep on a flight and like, that's eh, fine. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't miss anything. So, so uh, it, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I had, I had a lot of quick hitters and, and not anything to dive that deep into. But would it be cool if I just threw out a couple quick ones? All right, man. Yeah, go ahead. Either laugh at me or, or, or share what you thought yeah. about it. Yeah, sweet. 30 days, 30 days of night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great horror one, Josh Hartnett back in the day. It was a good oh one. Oh my god! It was, it, was, one, it was it was solid. It was I was I was pleasantly surprised with that. This is more for Mike 
This isn't one of mine, but I'm gonna call for him. Road to Perdition. That 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 movie has parent name Mike all over it. Tom Hanks. I didn't even know that was a comic book. I never read it. Yes. So, doing research for the show, I've uh, we were during the early parts of the pandemic. Me Hunter were doing a show called We the Real, and it was supposed to be like comic book adaptations. Like, are you taking source material? Or we read source material, watch the movie, and compare the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I pull, I was like, all right, let me pull up a list of comic book movies made in the United States. I'm like. I didn't know Road Position was a comic book movie. Oh, I can tell you how many are that were made in the United States. I made a list on this uh, thing called Letterboxd. There are 416 films that are comic book based, whether they be independently made or like independently comics, but they're just everywhere, and they are... Ugh, there's too many. Two Guns is one of them, too. The one with Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington. What?! That's yeah, Two Guns movie. is a comic book movie. Uh, R.I.P.D. Like I said before, uh, Atomic Blonde is a comic book movie. I mm-hmm. knew that. I knew that. Yeah, it's based off the Coldest City. I'm actually gonna yeah, talk about a, that one. It's a French movie. Yeah, it's a French movie. Yeah, French movie so, with Valerian and. You guys, uh, remember, you guys remember Tank Girl? No. Yeah. I was gonna say Tank Girl next. <laughs> no, uh, the yeah, movie. I, I didn't watch the Tank Girl movie by the book though. Yeah, weird and mad as a kid. I don't know what it yeah, was. I, I didn't get. Like it. I didn't. I didn't like it as a kid, and I don't like it as an adult. Like it's like it's weird. It's just weird. When I think Tank Girl, I think uh, Sucker Punch as well. It's that like in the same. Comic, it? It's, not, no. it's not. I don't no. think it was a comic, but it's the same vein as Tank Girl, and I think it's Zack Snyder who did that one too. It is Zack Snyder. Yeah, he likes him some goggles. They all got goggles on. <laughs> steampunk. That's what it yeah. is. He should do Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> I know. What about another old one? I really used Ninja Turtles as my underrated because of time, because how much it holds up. This one maybe doesn't hold up as well. What about the mask back in the day? Jim Carrey <laughs> back in his heyday? That, got uh, that was a good film. Book. Don't watch any of the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't call them sequels. We pretend those don't exist either. They're out of canon films. When, <laughs> when Jim Carrey held the world in the palm of his hand, he was oh, comedy yeah. back. And oh, yeah. Jim Carrey was a crazy man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I remember when I was younger, I was such a Jim Carrey fan. Someone brought me to see that movie on opening weekend. I got the VHS when it first came out. I got the video game. And that got me into the Dark Horse comics, which mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure were different before the movie. They're probably more Ooh, they Jim Carrey based. They were very different. There was a lot more <laughs> violent. It was yeah. ultra violent for the sake of ultra violence. Mm-hmm. Remember how hot Cameron Diaz was in that movie? <laughs> so fun. That, I think that was her first. I think that was like her breakthrough role. That was her breakthrough role. Wow. I just remember my dress. I was like, ah, oh, puberty's a thing. Okay, got it. <laughs> and then this one I didn't know was actually a comic book. Okay. But Mystery Men back in the oh, day. Oh, that's on my list. <laughs> it had to. Yes, it was. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll guess I'll jump to it because uh, you brought it up. So. Uh, one of my uh, list of underrated and unappreciated movie is uh, Mystery Man, uh, produced in 1999. Um, it's actually based on the Flaming Carrot, uh, Flaming Carrot comics characters. Which, for those who don't know, it's a bunch of weird. I think Brendan Stimpy put in comic form. If you want to think about that, um, that movie had me laughing all the time. In fact, it has uh, Smash Mouth in it. Um. <laughs> Uh, all star, all star is in that movie. That's how that movie, that song first came out. Hey now, you're an all star. <laughs> oh my, dude, that movie has me laughing the entire time. Like, he, he, oh, all right. So it starts. <laughs> so it stars Ben Stiller. The the the, the cast is phenomenal. It's ben Stiller, Hank Azaria, William H Macy, 
uh, Kel Mitchell in his first and only live action movie besides Good Burger. Um, <laughs> dude, the, the the laundry list of of like A and B list actors they got for this film is fantastic. It just tanked so hard at the box office. I think they didn't know what it wanted to be. Paul Rubens comeback as the spleen? Are you kidding me? Oh my god, <laughs> it's such a it's such a, a dumb and stupid comedy. And this Hunter, this is a movie for you. This I've seen it. You were, I've seen this movie. You were not. You weren't born yet when this movie came out, right? I was not, but <laughs> I've seen not. it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I can attribute this movie. So when you grow up and you kind of get your tastes, you know, some people they they love their horror movies or gore stuff like that. Some people. More slapstick comedy. Me, I like kind of like that awkward little alternative taste in in, in comedy movie, like the weird off the beaten path. Path. Mm-hmm. That's. I don't think Mystery Men is the sole reason for that, but that was what helped sway me back then to see a movie where the guy he throws spoons and like, why don't you just throw knives? Like, <laughs> you just can't. You just it's can't. just so quirky, I, and I I still never read a comic book from it. I I know it's clearly superhero based. It's not mm-hmm. far stretch it's a comic book movie never read the source material but yes. so, it, it, it reminds me of umbrella chronicles or what is it called the yeah, like umbrella academy yeah mm-hmm. yes. It, yes if, if mystery men took itself seriously it'd be the umbrella academy yes mm-hmm. yes it is it, and, and unfortunately season two i think is live now yes it is For, uh, <laughs> yes it's time of recording this season two is live <laughs> yeah. i'm very very unfortunate that we spent human time and money and resources on that show we spent a lot I of time on it i was all in on it I what that movie? The show. I think that show was one of the best so shows ever. What are you talking about? Oh, do you guys, do you guys really like that show? Do you really I like love it? that show. I love you don't, it. You don't think it's low rent X Men? No. I mean, that's what well, the that. that's what the comics I, are I though. The comics are low rent X Men. Gerard Way wanted to do X Men, and they were like, "No," so he did his own X Men. They should have let him. I was all in the first half of the first season. But somewhere between awful CGI, awful action, and just regurgitated... I don't know. I don't want to get into it too much on this. This is breaking it. But it lost me in the last couple episodes of the first season. We were recording about it back then. Uh, when it came out, when it was new, we did like How a dare book you? Oh, we're talking to the wrong people I right now. I got the mask! <laughs> do you guys, do you, do you guys do polls? Do you guys do no, polls no. on your... No? No, because it's... Uh, we do it... Uh, we, actually, we could, actually. We do have an Instagram... I'm curious what the uh, audience thinks on this. Yeah, you know what, Hunter, you chose you chose the Instagram. Yeah, I'll throw up a uh, umbrella. Uh, who likes Umbrella Academy, Paul? <laughs> I <Yeah>. swear, <laughs> I want to say the first seventy percent of the first season, I was the apologist. I was just, I was all about it, and then by the end, I, I had to admit defeat, and I, I looked oh. in the eye and I said, <laughs> "I think you were right about this one," and, and it oh, was man. just, it was honest. It was honest, and that was how I felt. I, I, this is someone this. who is just pleading yeah. and just saying, no, no, we're working towards something bigger. It, it's, you know, the, the, the twist that you're expecting, something different's going to happen. And I was wrong. Uh, it was it's like, it's like I actually season, think, I actually think the Thrones, last half the of the movie. <laughs> but in one season. Yeah, I think Dude, the last I, half of the Umbrella Academy was actually one of the better. Like, the last three episodes were some of the best episodes they did. I hated that last <laughs> one. That last one killed me when all the bad guys show up and they... It just I know it doesn't have to be super realistic and super grounded, but when these guys show up and they're shooting at someone 100 feet away, 
getting rid of hundreds and thousands of bullets and every single one of them misses. And then the CGI made me think of uh, the Casper movie from the 90s. Oh, if you watch the big ghost thing, <laughs> it looks like one of the bad ghosts from Casper. And, oh. I just, and, and it's funny because my wife was watching it with me at the time and she, she didn't want to watch it. And then she kind of stepped in like a couple episodes and I caught her up and she was in. And then we watched it at the end and like we like looked at each other and we're like, ew. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. No, my wait, girlfriend wait, loves no, it, too. No, no, guys, think about what he just said. Him and his wife looked at each other and said, ew, that had nothing to do with the show. <laughs> All right. Like, yeah, he's realized this was it. <laughs> like, right. Right. oh, my God, I can't. Oh. All right, I'm not going to get the Umbrella uh, Academy stuff, even though I was watching it this morning. Anyway, I'm watching uh, season two. I told, uh, I said, I will, I'm going to watch season two. I'm in. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to let one or two episodes deter my, my overall feelings of a series, but mm -hmm. as a season, it, it the Holy Game of Thrones did. It did what Game yeah. for, for me personally, it did what Game of Thrones did in, what, seven seasons in one season. It took one episode <laughs> from Mike, so he was totally pessimistic about it. Which I just, episode? I, I'm, I'm watching the second season also. I just hope it's not an ongoing music video like the first season was. Which episode were you um not into for Umbrella Academy Season 1? Well, you know when they all started dancing in the oh, dollhouse? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Little cringy. It, 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 it's, it, they didn't recover from that. That like, was episode just... one! <laughs> how, how I wasn't out at that guys. point. Remember, he's 12. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, how old are you? No, but you know what? It's good. You shouldn't, you all shouldn't sit here and agree and, 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 and everything like that. That's completely boring. Um, yeah, that's true. We, we should not sit here and agree. Um, but why, why I was saying that I was really upset that at the very end I agreed with him. It like hurt to agree with him. Mm -hmm. It was you like see, admitting defeat. Well, this you got you know we're on your podcast and we're respectful to that. We're guests here, but <laughs> this you are this is Nurgent Care where we literally just had a therapeutic episode where mm -hmm. we came to an acknowledgement in a group that we don't have to agree to be friends. That's and true. that psychological breakthrough that we all just had, and, <laughs> and, and anyone listening is probably like, oh, that's true. We don't have to agree to all be friends. That's oh. what Nurgent Care is. That's the psychological <laughs> therapeutic effect. You've just done it. You've Nurgent Cared. I think there it was, go, guys. Yeah. I think it was month two or month three of outright Nurgent Care, and we had to address the elephant in the room, which we'll just... We'll sum it up for you because you it's actually a very, hate each other. It, it, it's a tough <laughs> subject. The right. elephant in the room for us was always Superman. Is he too overpowered, or is he just the stable? Wait. Everyone should respect Superman. Or James, the Superman one of us guy. felt one way, <laughs> one felt the other way. Me that he was overpowered and he ruined the status quo of the DC universe, especially in the movies. He made. I like a little more in the comics than the movies, but overall, that's how I felt. But sometimes like, you could be wrong. Oh well, he's wrong. Then yeah, you have he's wrong. Right here. And... No, but but you know what? I hear my whole argument this whole time was when Captain Marvel flies in, becomes Superman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're not going to be able to like it anymore. And you know you're crazy. It was like Democrats and Republicans. You're insane. <laughs> you know, the, by the time we know you're wrong, we'll all be dead from nuclear war anyway. So I'll never get to say I told you so. I'll never get my chance to say I told you so. But you know what? It, Captain Marvel swooped in in her Superman costume that was slightly different than an actual Superman costume, uh, saved the day by Supermanning, and um, then flew off. And that watered and, it down and, for and me. And now you have to respect Superman because at least when Superman or Superwoman saves the day, they're supposed to have Supermaned or Superwomaned. 
Right, like ties so, back to Marvel versus DC. I'm more of a fan of a of, of a balanced or, or of a team situation. Marvel doesn't than have the, the, the demigod balance anymore. Marvel well, now has time travel and Superwoman. Perfectly no balanced as all oh, things should be. be. A little bit. <laughs> so anyway, we had this big blowout at the time when we had the recording. It was in a public space, and a lot of people were checking in on us, saying, "Are you guys okay?" And we're sweating. We're like, "We're fine." Give us five more minutes. You're like, no. We came up with the term. The, the official nursing care term is when we can't agree on something, and now we're just getting personal and arguing and getting sweaty in a public space, getting people worrying about us. We yeah. call Martha on it, yeah, which is, in my way, making fun of Superman. <laughs> so we, we just we just Martha. Me and James have a lot of Martha moments. If you listen back a couple episodes, we get into arguments about the dumbest shit, and none of us want to concede. So then we just go, I, it usually ends up being me. I go, I don't want to talk to you about this anymore, James. I'm done. We're moving on. <laughs> so you can adapt it. You can call Martha. You look yeah. each other in the eyes. Say, oh, my mom's Martha too. Yeah. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll definitely call her Martha. You, what do you mean? What do you mean, Martha? Who's Martha? What is her name? <laughs> Martha. You know, guys, um, I'm not sure how you guys do this. So I, I know that whoever's listening probably has heard. Two of my children, potentially my wife, yelling at me or the dog or something. So for that, I apologize. Um, and soon I will, I, me personally, you know, soap can stay. I will have to jump off uh, yeah. soon. But I really, um, I want to just hear the rest of uh, yours, James, you know, because I want to at least fulfill the destiny of this episode. And yes. I know that we have a Howard the Duck for Hunter. I. Did Hunter? Did you say a second one? I I had a I disclaimed Howard the Duck and I said R.I.P.D. and I was going to talk oh, yeah. about Kingsman, even though it's not oh. it is not I've never super underrated, but it is like it's one of those comic book films you don't know is a comic book, and then when you find out, you're like, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and 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 James, I'm curious, what was your what was going to be your other one? Uh, League of, uh, League of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Nice, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a little ahead of its time. That movie, it was. A lot so of people how many say Alan that. Moore movies did we pick? Probably oh, three. <laughs> like was oh, it Beaver, Beaver Vendetta, Watchmen, and League Lee. of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I mean, that's the three. We talk yeah. about three hundred. Yeah, so, so, so it's like three. it's yeah, like it's either, it's either Frank Miller or Alan Moore. Alan right? Moore, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and laughing all their way to the they're still laughing their way to the bank. Yeah, and did Alan didn't Alan Moore do a lot of Dreadbook? He may not have. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just being. He did one or two. Of the no, he did one or two. He did a couple two, of the 2001 AD books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he had two of. Yeah, and um, the artist. What's the artist that was with Alan Moore? What's his? Um, he passed away recently. Uh, Steve Dillon. We went. No, no. Um, Dave Gibbons. Oh, Dave Gibbons. I think I think he. Oh God, I hope he didn't. I hope. I hope he did pass away because I don't want to be wrong, but I hope he didn't pass away because I don't want the <laughs> man to have passed away. Just, just you wish it right. now happens. Yeah. Your fault uh, if we get to be tomorrow. Yeah, so what's... Oh, League of, I, I've never read a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen right. comic book, and I've never seen the movie. All right, so I'm going to do a, uh, a, a, a super fast version of this. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, one, this is where I get my hatred for Alan Moore uh, for the book version. Because uh, it's just lazy writing. It's like I took every public domain character I could possibly get my hands on and made a superhero team with them. Um, so the movie, which is cool, it is 
Sean Connery as Alan Quartermain, uh, Captain Nemo, uh, Mina Harker, uh, Dorian Gray, uh, Tom Sawyer, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, M, a.k.a. Moriarty. Um, it's like all your mishmash of your old school history class put together as like a Justice League. It is like an English major's wet dream <laughs> if they actually read comic books. <laughs> So this is Alan Moore saying, F you for stealing all my characters. I will literally prove that public domain writing, I could do I could do this better than you using free characters. Yeah, yep. he started writing, he, yo, he's just because he's a psychopath. And mm-hmm. he, well, he, but is he wrong? I've watched so many interviews with him. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a smoker. And obviously when you're watching <laughs> an interview, you can't smell or breathe in someone's smoke from a TV interview. But like, <laughs> it's hard to breathe watching him smoke so much. Oh my but, God. Uh, <laughs> Your brain goes there. The, the guy, the guy almost smokes like three cigarettes at a time. But mm-hmm. he's he's not he's not crazy. He may be um, eccentric. He, he, yeah. He well. He. I don't know if I ideologically agree with him on certain things. I, actually, I won't say if I will or or I don't say I won't say if I do or I don't. But I don't know how crazy he really is. He works which it, which is frightening. In a cabin in the woods in Britain. Yeah, man. Wouldn't you at this point? Where do you want to be? With? I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is he crazy? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Is he crazy? Right? Like, think about it. He's he definitely did not get COVID, right? Like, I think uh, he's, he's one of the he's, wizards, he's, right? He's, he's, he's the guy in the horror movie that you think is coming to kill you. He was like the old man in the original Home Alone movie like, with the shovel and the salt. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we think he's the villain, and in the end, he saves the day. Alan mm-hmm. Moore is saving the day in the end, and the whole time we think he's the villain. That's true. I I, I can give you that. I can give you that. Mm-hmm. My hatred for Alan Moore is known very well for many people. I give you my uh, word, I will watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen after this conversation. You have to, because it, it's, it's a short movie. It's very short. Um, but again, like what's cool about it is seeing all, because it's all public, it's all characters we know. High school, history class, uh, English class, you know 90% of the characters use for the, the movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a very watered down version of uh, his ver- uh, his book. Because like the Invisible Man's in the like in the book, it's insane. It is it's Alan Moore, cranked up to ninety with it, it's it. This is that was his second public domain title mm-hmm. he did. Uh, first being Lost Girl. If you just want to reach out for not. No. Yeah, I, we don't talk about yeah, that it's, book. It's, it's, <laughs> I've seen Great. his interviews talking about like how when he writes about sex, like. It's the most honest writing that, you know, in his, like, I guess what he was saying, my understanding of what he was saying was, it's just very honest writing. You know, that's mm-hmm. what people sure. want and, and all of that. But, and then, and it was kind of, it was, you know, it was just strange. It was, it's, I guess it's strange to um, my ears. It was strange, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, Lost Girl was just child pornography. And then this was like, everything else that wasn't Lost Girl, it was like Lost Girl, but on like, Adderall and crack and like, you get out there and watch things explode, <laughs> and like, like so in the fi- like in the book, like um, the Invisible Man is a habitual rapist. Like he like he rapes these like girls at like a uh, like a convent, and like they think it's like God having sex with them, and that's how they recruit him into the league. And like, uh, Mina Hawker is still the same character from um, Dracula. Alan Quartermain is like a depressed. Like alcoholic, um, which is just Sean Connery in real life. So that was mm-hmm. spot on, you know. Um, 
Uh, what else? Like Tom Sawyer's in the the movie, but he's not in the book. Um, James Bond plays a bigger role in the book, but M is in the movie. Who's also Moriarty in the movie? Mm. Um, like uh, James Bond is public domain. Uh, kinda ish, kinda. Like he is, but the stories aren't. The actual books aren't. The character is. Yeah, he's one. He's one of those ones that you got to tiptoe around if you're gonna try to use yeah. him in a comic book. Yeah. Um. Because he himself is a public name, but like the the idea, because you can't, you know, own the right of a super spy. Well, James Bond is public domain, but 007 isn't. If that makes sense. That's really mm, the that's line. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the movie is. The movie's a watered-down version of the book, and that's why I think it's underrated, because, like, if you never read the book and you watch this film, you would love it. It's awesome. It, it's, like, it, it's like the beginner's guide to, to comic book movies. It, it's, like, it's like beta testing. It's, like, Alpha Stage, Justice League, Alpha Stage Avengers, like, world-building, going, hey, we don't have to world-build because you, you've read all the books these guys are part of. Mm-hmm. And then, like, here, here you go, go now watch this movie with them all together in this shared massive universe yeah. type of thing. Marvel did that with Spider-Man, right? I mean, did Yeah. They? Yeah. We're I'm not going to yeah. tell you an origin story. We know you know. Exactly. Let's just hit the ground running. Oh, well, the exactly. MCU, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's what League of Extraordinary Gentlemen does. It's like, I'm not going to tell you uh, Quartermain's backstory. I'm not going to tell you Mina Hawkins' backstory. I'm not going to tell you who Dorian Gray is. I'm not going to tell you who the Invisible Man is. I'm not going to tell you who Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are. Mm-hmm. You should know this. Mm-hmm. You've read a book before. These are all stories that are commonplace, so when you put them all together, you'll go, yeah, I did read that. Oh, who's that? Like, oh, that's Tom Sawyer, but as an adult. Oh, I know Tom Sawyer from Huckleberry Hound. Mm-hmm. Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> Way different version. You know? Um... So yeah, it was cool seeing them all together. I and I get why it took so, it, it blew it, it took a dump at the box office. Like it didn't even make make back half the money it took. It's considered one of the worst comic book movies of all time. I think. I it thought that was Catwoman. Time. I thought that was Catwoman. Catwoman's the one. <laughs> if you Green Lantern. <laughs> what about you know what we didn't? I I I'm so sorry. I don't I don't want to be a, a killjoy here. I have to like I have like maybe ten minutes left, but. Um, nobody said Mask of Phantasm from Batman the Animated Series. I was I, I didn't want underrated. to do the obvious. So, but yeah. underrated, though, is it? Is it? Well, let me ask you. Um, Hunter, have you seen it? Yes, of course. I've, I've seen every single episode of Batman the Animated Series. You, 12-year-old. <laughs> hey, okay, you guys haven't seen some of the movies underrated. I was talking it's about. It's not underrated. <laughs> it's, it's a classic. Everyone loved it back then, and they love it now. Yeah. yeah. It's on Netflix now, by the way. So, congrats. You have the first answer that was universally loathed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's true because, like, again, like Phantasm for us, uh, getting that film, getting the Batman film, the Batman animated on on the the big screen was insane. Um, I think it holds such a cult classic uh, mentality. Like all the films we t- we really talked about don't hold that cult classic, you know, feel. I think Kingsman and Turtles do. Kingsman and Turtles hold cult classic mentality. And um, I hope Dread does. I hope Dread does. There was a there was a um, what do you call that when the people sign everything? Petition. Yeah, there was a petition like that got like maybe a few hundred thousand signatures to have a Dread sequel. 
London is doing a whole dread thing next year. We were talking about it on our show a couple weeks ago. London is turning an entire block into uh, Mega City Mega Zero, City. wherever it's called. Mega City One. Yeah. yeah. I want to go. Yeah, so, yeah, so do we. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I want to go. be in the book. It's actually really cool. It's I like a laser it. tag set up. It's like... You, you know, guns. I think... I think in in the in Britain, the UK, in the United Kingdom, I think that Judge Dredd is probably Batman equivalent, right? I mean, oh, it's it pretty big yeah. over there, yeah. Yeah, because that whole 2001 AD books, the Marvel UK books, um, which we got that British Invasion, um, mm. they they stand out really well. So I guess I'll wrap this episode up because um, one is getting late for us recording. The episode is running long. Can I throw so, one more out there? Oh, yeah, of course. For sure. Why no. not? <laughs> don't, uh, don't say Batman. 19, 1997's Steel, starring Watch <laughs> Keel O'Neill. Don't do that. I'm going to edit that out. We're not talking about Steel. <laughs> Total I, I really do Shaquille love O'Neal character. I really do love John Henry Iron, like in Death of Superman, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great, not great character. <laughs> no, well, as a kid, as a kid, you're 31. As a kid, did. Can we not pretend that as a kid we didn't like the movie? I mean, it was I still... Didn't like it as a kid. I didn't like the movie as a kid! <laughs> really? Anything tangentially re- tangentially related to a comic book? Or tangentially... Steel and Kazam... Whatever the word is. Out. Anything related to a comic book, I, I love to just kind of look up and look at the book and see what was... You know, like, I was obsessed with costumes. Like, the, the costume matched the, the comic book. But anyway, yeah, we are running late. And uh, I, I don't... I'm not saying I like Steel. I'm not doing that. I just... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, here, parent named Mike, love Steel. Steel is his favorite movie ever. I'll tell you what, John Henry Irons can be the, oh, maybe that's too on the nose to be the, like, the Iron Man intro to a new DC universe, but that's a little too on the nose, right? He makes a suit to fight crime. If Shaquille O'Neal doesn't come back in the, if Shaquille O'Neal doesn't come out in the Schneider Cut, I'm going to be pissed. One he he was the seven. It wasn't Green Lantern. It was Steel. <laughs> <laughs> one other tiny tidbit. Um, when you were bringing up Howard the Duck, I wanted to mention uh, of this. Hopefully, the last time we're saying Howard the Duck. But did you know oh, he I was in the video. final battle in Endgame? Yeah, he was. He's in the back. He's got a little gun. <laughs> did you know that, Parrot? Little trivia for you. Yeah, I knew. I don't know. They're, they're trying their everyone... best to make him a, clo- a cult. Everyone... Everyone shows me these things like I made the movie. I'm just a fan. <laughs> you saw this, right? Like, sure. I have the final life. Right. Mm-hmm. Alright, guys. So, as always, when we have guests, we want them to pimp themselves out. So, guys, where can we hear your podcast, Pimp Yourselves Out? So, we are on really all the major platforms. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Podbean, uh, Podbean uh, YouTube. We had our YouTube channel, which now has really just this uh, mainstay for all the episodes to get updated. I have a million dogs running around in the background. Sorry for that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever want to check us out, uh, just come sit in our sessions with us. We run the fanboy counseling where Parrot is our main patient and I'm the doctor, but sometimes <laughs> the roles reverse and we take a lot of in-depth looks at things. Um, you know, we don't just go through news and reviews, which of course, plenty of it. There's plenty to go through. There's so much out there. We love, so we like to take a step back and look at things a little bit deeper. Awesome. Uh, do you have anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Nurgent Care just wants to thank you guys at uh, Androids Comics for having us. That's it. We really, I had a great time. I hope we do this again. Oh, yeah, I, definitely. I, this was really, really wonderful. Um, the subject was great. I'd be interested to know your guys' opinions next time if we talk about 
great characters that transition from screen into comic books, like Ooh. Harley Quinn or Batman Beyond, where it started it somewhere else, fun. and then and then you know, com- and then it, or even like something like Star Wars, where obviously Star Wars wasn't a comic, but the Star Wars comics are just as important to some people yeah, as your standard. Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love them too. So I'd love to talk about that with you guys. You know, I know Soap and I would love to ha- talk about that with you guys. We'd love to come back on or, or yeah. however you know. Anytime, guys, just hit us up. We can even hey, take one. Of, we can even take one of you guys at a time, if you want.